0: Private lending is up 35 percent year over year right now um, and as you guys all know that's you know the bank's boxes are getting tighter and smaller and um, you know it's 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 not easy to go to uh, when rates are at six and seven percent to qualify at eight and nine percent for a mortgage at the bank. You're listening to the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast with your hosts, Paul Stevenson, David Warren, and Greg Campbell. Let's see what's going on in the world of real estate today.
1: All right, we're back. <laughs> well done, Greg. Uh, this is the Ottawa Real Estate Podcast. And uh, my name is Paul Stevenson. I'm joined as always by Gregory Campbell and Mr. David P. Warren. I know it's not P, but it sounded like the right uh, the right initial. <laughs> it sounded very educated. Uh, we have a guest today uh, who will bring in shortly, uh, Darren Campbell. For anyone who uh, who is in at least on the mortgage side of the industry, I'm sure you've met uh, DC over the years, and uh, we'll let him introduce himself when he comes in. Gentlemen, how was the weekend? How are we? Uh,
2: how are we doing? How's Monday? Monday's uh, Monday's actually pretty nice for me. The um, the weekend was interesting. I spent a lot of family time. Uh, my wife just flew off to uh, Anna, who does the intro on our show. She's mm-hmm. uh, she's now uh, in Bulgaria, visiting her family over there, and I'm going to be a single dad for three weeks. Single, single, single parent. I'm actually looking forward to it. Don't Day tell Anna you said good. that. It's uh, it's it's pretty crazy. I have to do a lot of proper scheduling, but we've got a lot a lot planned. So uh... and of course, after having a very slow summer season in real estate, pretty much two days prior to Anna leaving, all of a sudden very busy. Yeah, week full of appointments. And uh, but that's, you know, that's the nature of the beast. I I expected that. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. So it's uh, it's laser focus time. Someone laser. once told me, if you're a realtor or a mortgage agent, you want to get busy, just
1: go on a vacation, because that's yeah. usually when the phone starts ringing. And you got you know, you got to sit by the computer. Or if you're working in a team, have them go away. And then, you know, you will yeah. be busy handling all of their business. That's okay. Just send your whole team constantly on vacations, so you can build
2: business. That might be an interesting That's uh, lead funnel. That's it. David was there. David's back. David, how was your weekend?
3: Uh, weekend was good. Sorry, my internet is uh, crappy right now. So I might uh, be in and out uh, okay. regularly.
2: Um, yeah, no.
3: Weekend was good. I ended up uh, coming up to the cottage last night. So... Kind of impromptu.
2: No, impromptu no paradise.
3: Uh, no, no complaints other than this uh, internet connection. But okay,
2: you know, I like it. What can you do? No, never any technical <laughs> problems on Tow Rep, right? We're no, 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 no. Amazing.
1: Just mm-hmm. like the auto real estate market, we never have any blips. <laughs> <No issues. laughs> Everything's uh, just smooth and perfect.
2: Everything's right? rosy. Yeah, yeah.
1: We were, uh, we were talking. My weekend was fine, by the way. Uh, we were you. talking. <laughs> We were talking, um, actually before we get into it, we were talking to DC about golfing, so I'm just going to shamelessly plug uh, the Boys and Girls Club uh, annual golf tournament this Friday. We have two spots left for teams, Uh, it sold out last year, so it's always a good show, we're playing at uh, Cedar Hill this year on Friday, so if you're interested in getting a foursome in there or even a single, uh, we basically got two teams left, so just shoot me a message, Uh, send me an email, emails are in the comments. And uh, yeah, support a great cause, play around to golf, come see me, you know, chat, talk real estate. Gentlemen, okay. that's what we're here to do. Yeah. Let's talk real estate. Um, Darren Campbell, let's bring DC in. Darren, you're here now. Hey guys. Welcome. Hey. Uh, hey. Thanks
0: for having me. Yes. Welcome. Welcome. The Campbells. We can't get away from the Campbells. From the Campbells are here. Greg we turn and I is are Campbells. overtaking this. Greg and I are overtaking this. Good Scotsman that we are. That's correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh
1: darren maybe uh give all of our listeners uh maybe just a quick bio kind of your background you know how you got into the industry and and what you're doing now
0: yes thanks paul um so i'm an east coast boy i grew up in cape breton nova scotia um born and raised there and and went to school uh university at saint mary's in halifax graduated there with a bcom in 1999 and I uh, started right in the finance game. I started with a company called Household Finance, HFC, for those that are old enough to remember that. Um, and that's basically high interest, high interest loan lending back in the day, you know, um, lending sales contracts for people who wanted to buy TVs and couches and all of that stuff. And then, you know, it turn into consolidation loans and things like that. So that's where I got my start. It was a great training ground. Um, and then kind of worked my way up through there and became a, uh, a branch manager, um, out in Thunder Bay, Ontario. So they moved me out to Northern Ontario, which was a bit scary, but I lived out there for a little while and we used to do our banking at the Royal bank. So I kept going in to do the, you know, the daily deposits at the end of the day. And one of the guys there said, Hey, like you should become a mortgage specialist with, with the Royal bank. I think you'd be great at it uh, yada, yada, yada. I decided to make the move over to the bank and became a mortgage specialist and, and did that up in Thunder Bay for three years and then moved. Uh, I was, you know, in the middle of nowhere, had no family connections up there. So I moved, uh, down, I I requested a transfer and they were great. They were kind enough to pay for my move down to Ottawa in 06. And I moved here in 06 and worked another, seven and a half years uh, in the Ottawa market as a mortgage special- specialist with the Royal Bank. And then uh, there was an opening in in the broker side with a lender called MCAP, which I'm sure you guys all know well, and a lot of your listeners may know as well. And so I became um, uh, a, a business development manager with MCAP right around the time when B20 came in uh, in 2012. That time frame, and, and I made the move over because Royal Bank at that time weren't really paying paying their reps on refinances and things like that. So it just became a little bit more uh, arduous for somebody who had been in the business for a little while. So, um, so I ended up moving over uh, on the broker uh, broker sales side and and became a BDM with MCap and was there for seven years um, with the mortgage finance company, and then uh decided to try my hand in the private space and and moved over to magenta for a cup of coffee and now i'm with a great lender called westboro mortgage Investments corp and and we are uh you know doing private lending here in the ottawa market and southwestern ontario as well as gta yeah. yeah thanks you <laughs> see that's the sh-
3: background of uh, of westboro itself like kind of what what Westboro does, you focus on all that. I mean, that was yeah, like the so um, uh, background of Darren Campbell, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say that's the yes, show, it's everyone. It's uh, in- thanks, Darren, <laughs> for coming out.
0: Uh... you guys know we, me we
3: missed your blood type, that's all.
0: Um <laughs> so Westboro Westboro is a lender, a private lender that started in 2004. So we're basically entering our 20th year. Um, you know, we've uh we've been our niche is is construction. So the number one thing that we do here in, in Ottawa is our construction mortgages. So it's a, it's an area of the market. That's, you know, not a lot of people do it well, and it's not an easy part of our business. So, you know, those that have built homes before and those that, that are thinking about building it's the banks will do it, but they don't quite do it as flexible as people think. So, you know, when you're dealing with Westboro, we're, I think we pride ourselves on the fact that it's very flexible um, you know it's a very flexible product but you get your money on time you get usually more money than the banks are willing to offer and you know it's it's um, you get it quicker uh, you know it costs a little bit more yes but I mean it makes up for it in the flexibility So that's our probably our niche product. You know, we do first residential first mortgages. We do second mortgages. We do bridge loans. You know, we we help people when they're in a jam in terms of kind of life unexpectancies, So you know, divorce, job loss, you know, changing careers, that sort of thing, where they can't qualify, uh, you know, with a bank or or a prime lender, we can kind of come in and step in and and kind of take over and um, you know, really kind of help help bridge the gap for that person to be able to kind of get them over the hump of whatever life thing they're going going through at that time and then get them back on to a prime lender
1: yeah right? we had uh we had a circumstance recently that we were chatting about just to give everyone an example where you know client had really good job well-paying job six figures <clears throat> excuse me and lost their job in January but already had a, a new purchase agreement for a, for a new build and we were kind of talking about those uh, as an example of what you mean, like life Life circumstances change and, you know, the traditional banks, it, you know, Schedule A, AAA, you know, the TDs, the Scotias, the RBCs of the world. Um, they're much more conservative in their requirements and so on, right? And less, I would say, common sense lending. Um, yeah. Now, for anyone who isn't aware of... So Westbrook is considered, I, I guess, like a mic on the private side of things where yeah, so- people can actually... Contribute money to Westbro, right, and then you guys lend it out on their behalf. So maybe just explain to everyone like yeah. what does that mean, and and how 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 do people kind of get involved with you in the first place?
0: So private lending, I guess, is a is a very kind of loosey goosey neighborhood. I will say, like in terms of, you can have three different types of private lenders. You can have, you know, Paul, you have an extra million dollars, and you want to you want to lend it out to somebody. Uh, privately to help finance a purchase or whatever, and that person will pay you their mortgage payments, and you will make interest off those payments. That is one, you know, that is kind of your your basic typical private lending. But with there's another type, and that's that's your mortgage investment corp, which was what we are. Um, we collect and pool a bunch of private investment funds and that could be, you know, um, from exempt market dealers, uh, as well as like IROC approved investor investors. So you have to have a minimum criteria to become an IROC approved investor. And, you know, we also go to wealth managers and things like that. And, and they kind of put their clients or part of their portfolio within our, our company. And so what we do is we pool those funds and we kind of merge them with with bank lines and things like that to kind of reduce the cost of funds. And we then lend that money out and provide a return for our investors. So that is that is basically what we are. We're a mortgage investment corp.
3: Yeah. And and how much do you guys have under management right now?
0: 400? Yeah, that's a good question. So we are about 380 million in assets under management or mortgages under uh, management at this time. Um, we have we have the ability to probably go to like 450 at this time with the current amount of investment that we have so um so we have lots of money to lend we're currently actively trying to deploy this capital that we have in the market that we're in right now cuz it's you know private lending is up 35% year over year right now um and as you guys all know that's you know the banks boxes are getting tighter and smaller and uh, you know, it's 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 not easy to go to uh, when rates are at six and seven percent to qualify at eight and nine percent for a mortgage at the bank. So, you know, we don't we don't stress test, we don't debt service. Um, you know, so it's we're we're kind of able to get clients into the market quicker, and then as I said, like they can kind of get get themselves um, some foundation. Under them in terms of their financial uh, stability, and then we can kind of move them off into typical bank or pr- uh, prime lending. You know, so yeah. To answer your question, short question, short answer is we're about three hundred and eighty million in uh, assets under management, and you know we've we've got a long uh, long runway to go to about four fifty. That was a great comment that you made that I don't think a lot of people understand
2: the uh, the comment about the stress test at the bank. And with a private lender, you don't necessarily need that Um, just as long as you have everything else in order, I suppose, and just as long as the file looks like decent.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, we look at it, I I guess Paul made a comment earlier today about common sense lending, and that's what we are. We look at the situation and we go, is this person going to pay us, number one, and are we making their situation better? Like, can we see some, can we see the ability for them to get back on track and get, you know, with a, with an A lender or a prime lender? And if the answer is yes to both of those, then generally we've got a deal, you know? Um, We don't lend, you know, we're not a CMHC approved lender or anything like that. So we don't lend to like 95% loan to values or anything like that. But generally speaking, the people that we help have cash, I think that's a common myth about private lending is, oh, that, you know, people that go to private lenders have no cash. That's not necessarily the case. They have a lot, of, a lot of kind of liquid asset or capital that at their disposal, they just can't prove their income a lot of times. They can't service their debt on paper. And, you know, a lot of them are self-employed. Like I would say our average Beacon score is well above 700. And our clients are, I would say for the most part, self-employed individuals that, you know, they'd rather pay 8 9 10% interest than pay 50% tax right so i mean the trade off with that is yeah people go oh my gosh your your interest rate is it's way higher but if if they have a smart accountant this is the way to go in a lot of cases right so um you know it's it's the myth is oh you went to a private lender you must have bad credit or you must have you know, right. no right. money, or you're you're hurting, or in some way or form. But the truth is, a lot of them are very successful entrepreneurs, and just you know, don't declare the income that they actually make. And strategic, right? Like they're they're using, they they might be working with you strategically to get to point B,
1: right? Or as you said, like you're kind of looking to find a solution for someone short term to get them into a better position. I think there's kind yeah. of a a common misconception about private lending that it's maybe more predatory than people think like everyone, you know, they're just trying to get their interest and their fees and then they don't care about the client. But I feel like from the experience I've had, and I'm sure Dave, you can say this too, the ones that we work with at least on the broker network are, are not of that nature. Right. I mean, there might be some, like you said, those ma and paws that are actually looking to be predatory, but that's very uncommon, at least in our space for, you know, mix and, and actual like, you know, proper private lenders that we work with in our network.
0: I agree.
1: Yeah. Um. So changing gears a bit, uh, Darren, we were talking about, or we have been talking about for the last year, probably the lack of supply in the market. So as a lender who focuses primarily on construction, like what have you been seeing over the last, say six to 12 months on that side of it? Like, have you seen starts slow? Have you seen Yeah. people not be able yeah. to get financing? Like what's happening? What are you seeing? Our
0: construction. Uh. So a couple of things on construction. Normally what we focus on is kind of your, your infill type of builder, your smaller builders that do maybe they're non-Tarion builders or whatever that, that kind of do a lot of like, let's say less than 10 builds a year, you mm-hmm. know, uh, within Ottawa. So, you know, we do a lot of work with them and we've noticed this year that that, that market has slowed. Um, the margins just aren't there, you know, to, to do, to, to kind of buy the lots and build and build at this time. So there is. It's still, you know, there was still a good spring market, and um, you know, it kind of went through the summer. But generally speaking, now it's kind of slowing down a little bit with the construction market, right? As we move into the fall and into the winter, people don't undertake a new construction usually around this time. It's yeah. generally around the spring where they have all summer to kind of, kind of get going. What we do see at this point is the people that come to us now generally have the hosts. Uh, you know, airtight framed roofs on, windows and doors are in, and they need the money to kind of work through the in- interior and stuff. So, uh, which they can do that through the winter time, but they're not starting their construction usually in kind of August September timeframe. So, yeah, I mean, it's it's slowed for sure, um, and I think there's a lot of money kind of hanging around in the sidelines right now. You know, people mm-hmm. are waiting to see what happens with. The Bank of Canada and go. You know what? On this first rate drop, I think you're going to see people go. Okay, n- the end is now. We can finally f- finally focus on maybe moving forward in this new state that we're in, and with you know with higher rates. But I think people right now generally are nervous about starting any type of new construction or pro- project with you know rates sitting at six and a half to seven percent, right? It's just um it's not it's not maybe the time right now. And I think they want to they want a little security, especially in Ottawa. Like, you know, we're a conservative town. You know, people don't generally undertake a lot of risk um in this, in this market. So I think um, you know, as soon as we see that first rate drop, I think we're gonna start to see the floodgates open a little bit.
3: And and to that to that point, Darren, what uh I know you guys aren't a prime lender and you know what you do isn't based off of you know what the Bank of Canada is doing or or anything like that, but what are you obviously that still plays into it, like you were saying, of you know, kind of those floodgates being opened as far as you know demand for for even your services uh, uh from a lending perspective. But what are you guys seeing or anticipating from Uh, spring or fall market and kind of for the rest of the year. Um, Internally, have you guys had discussions around what you think rates are going to do or what the Ottawa market is going
0: to be like? This year has been different. I think this year, you know, we've been so lucky with the last couple of years during COVID where it was kind of like there was no spring market. It was just, you know, full on all the way through the year. And Mm -hmm. a lot of us in the business, like, you know, lenders, uh, agents, real estate agents, brokers we, we've all reaped the rewards of that this year was a little bit more traditional back to say like 2018 2017 like where we've actually had some fluctuations during the year where there was maybe a actual spring market again where you know activity peaked and we saw some you know we saw some um girls i hope you're
2: not up. watching a show <laughs> we saw <laughs> the numbers
0: go up um in that in that time frame, And then, you know, now in the fall, I think we're going to see a little bit of a bu- like a little bit of a spike once we kind of get through the end of maybe through the, the first couple of weeks of school going back and stuff, we might see a little bit of a a bump again in that September, end of September, October timeframe. That's what we're predicting anyway. So, um, you know, again, the private the private space has been pretty steady throughout the whole kind of the whole summer and, and the whole year so far, but, um, but yeah, we're expecting a little bit of more of a bump, especially if kind of rates level off and drop a little bit.
3: That's what we've been. Uh, sounds is. like you, sounds like you've been listening to uh, the podcast. We've been saying as well. <laughs>
0: yeah. Which... <laughs> well, you're not
3: wrong.
2: Did I just say that out loud?
0: Yeah. Exactly. Well, you guys know what you're talking about. You you're in the business, you know, it's, 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 yeah for the average consumer out there, like they may not know that, but I think, like I said earlier, there's a lot of money sitting on the sidelines right now and mm-hmm. you know, people are still getting divorced. People are still dying. People are still getting married. People are still changing jobs. The need for, for houses is still there. Right. So, um, you know, transactions aren't going to stop and whether the rates are up or they're down, people still have needs for housing in this country. So, you know, obviously, um, you know, I think just people are kind of waiting around right now to see what the next move is by the Bank of Canada. And I think you're going to see as soon as uh, they decide either to drop by a quarter point or even maybe even stay stay the same, I think people are going to get a little bit more comfort level. And I think you'll see that that things, uh, all that money on the sidelines is going to flood into the market.
2: Well, I think we're all hoping that uh, the announcement in September is just kind of the same. It doesn't move because uh yeah. if, it, if it goes up anymore, it's gonna be a it's gonna turn to a buyer's market pretty fast in terms of people still needing to sell and buyers hesitating and having their their pick. I'm already starting to see it in the market. There's a lot, there's a lot coming out. Buyers are taking their time and got a lot of properties to show now, and it's uh it's, it's pretty, it's good for any, any new buyers that are just fresh in the game. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Dave, I don't know about you, but like, I've just been seeing like from a pre-approval standpoint, like kind of my, my lead, you know, tool or my client client management tool has, you know, leads, active files, closed, et cetera. And, and the leads just keeps growing and growing in a sense of a lot of people pre-approved kind of waiting, as you said, Darren, like even people waiting to buy, like everyone's just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. Everyone's at that starting line, kind of waiting to see what happens. And I mean, we've said the same thing. I think if there's any little ounce of positive news and people feel there's some sort of consistency or some sort of balance, then I think they'll feel more confident going into the market. But there's still a lot of people that it's just been negative headlines for a year straight. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think people are very hesitant to
0: take that first step. And I think too, Paul, like there's a dichotomy with the Bank of Canada that, you know, every time they raise rates, they're trying to do something which is obviously curb inflation and drop inflation down. But every time they raise rates, they're raising housing costs. And that of course increases inflation. So Mm. that's the issue that, that we're fighting. Right. So, and I think they've reached that breaking point. And that's just my opinion. Obviously I'm not an economist or anything like that, but I just, I feel like it's, it's almost counterintuitive to, to go any higher at this point. But Hey, uh, as I said, I'm not an economist. I don't, Know their thought process on it, on it all, but I do see that we're not they're not achieving the desired results with these rate this, with no, these rate no. hikes, right? And that's the biggest thing. So there's got to be a better way or a different way to go about curbing inflation. And I don't know about you guys, but have you been to a restaurant lately, or have you been to the movies, or have you been anywhere? People yes. aren't stop. People aren't stopping spending. Mm-hmm. It's right?
2: it's crazy when I see. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bills that I pay now when I go out with my family and look around the restaurant, like you said, and I'm like, everybody's just spending money. Yeah. You yeah. know, where's it, where's it all coming from? Everyone's complaining about housing, but everyone's still out, you know, buying groceries, it's, entertainment. Like, people like to go do stuff. It's yeah. debt
3: level. It's it's all the consumer, de- it's all the unsecured debt level. Like, you exactly. saw it pay down to, I think it went from during COVID from 90 billion down to 70 billion of of unsecured debt and now it's back up over what uh it was pre pre pre-covid um yeah i think people just got used to they're depleting their savings and then and then ramping up their their unsecured which
1: sounds like dave's suggestion we lock ourselves in our homes that's what dave Dave, uh (laughs) is that what he just said um yeah I'm, i'm fearful of from a bank of canada standpoint like my fear now is that you know, everyone's so critical and everyone's eyes are so much on, you know, Bank of Canada and the policies and decisions and, you know, of the government and so on that I fear that there's almost like this. And obviously you hope that there's no ego involved in these sorts of massive decisions, but I fear that they won't lower rates for fear of being criticized for raising it so much in the first place. You Mm -hmm. know, like that fear of criticism, I think will make them, well, at least weigh into their decision. Like, well, we don't want to lower it now because then it looks like we made a mistake last time. So let's actually just either increase it or keep it the same just to save face, you know? Do do you think there's any of that involved in these decisions? I would hope there isn't. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, it's still humans making these choices and they, you know, they run on emotions at times. So,
0: yeah, I agree. You're not, I don't think you're wrong in that. And hence the reason, like, I think maybe them staying kind of, staying constant on the next one we'll see what happens that might be a a preempt for that the following one maybe they drop at a quarter point or something but the plan was always you know at the end of this year beginning of next year to start the easing process right Mm -hmm. so um we'll see we'll see what happens it's it's going to be an interesting next six months to 12 months i think will be uh will be very telling and you got to remember too like we haven't really touched on this but People that are in five-year mortgages at two two and a half percent, those guys are all coming due in the next eighteen to twenty-four months. That's when the pain is going to be felt. Like myself personally, I'm in a mortgage is two seven five. Uh, our our renewal comes up next July, so um, you know that that's going to be a massive payment hike for our for our household. So there are a lot of people that are in that world. You know, people that are invariable, they have kind of felt it in death by a thousand cuts. You know what I mean? Uh People that are in a five year fixed mortgage that they got in, you know, 2019 or 2018 or whatever, they are going to really feel some pain next year and the year after. So that is when we're going to really see kind of what happens, what happens at that point, like are you know, where are rates going to be and how, how bad is the carnage? That's what we're going to find out.
3: There's um, a, there's a number of economists that are saying that the, uh, and I think Benjamin Tal was one of them, but uh, saying that the static variable payments from like the TDs and and I think RBCs um, are, are saving the economy. Um, that if it wasn't for those static variable payments, that, you know, really the pain would be truly felt because those people haven't actually, um, you know, felt the impact, they've gotten letters of a trigger rate, but yeah. they're going to reverse amortization, they haven't changed their payments, or they're having to increase it slightly, but they're not yeah. actually really feeling it. Um, and there's a lot of uh, kind of talk out there that those are going to go away, that off is going to make a change to not allow those static static payments yeah. anymore I on mean, a go-forward basis, which is interesting, because yeah, those of us, myself included, you know, a Scotia, you know, or or anyone in adjustable rate mortgage. So, um, where Bank account makes a change, payments go up and, and fluctuate accordingly. Uh, you know we've, you know we've felt it of that eighty percent increase uh, basically over the last year and a half. But a, a big shift of the market or a big portion of the market hasn't actually, to your point, Aaron, hasn't felt it for those static payments or the fixed or the anyone in a fixed mortgage that, as they come due, are really going to uh, kind of
0: yeah, they're, well, they're it, be, but yeah, even so those. Bad even those, Dave, like those, those mortgages, eventually they're going to feel the pain, right? Like mm-hmm. they have to, mm-hmm. like they're, a lot of them are still five-year terms. So, I mean, at some point the bank isn't just going to say, oh yeah, it's okay with you having a 50 or 60 year amortization. Like <laughs> we're, we're not okay with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. eventually um, those people will also feel pain, I think uh, with the static payments. So whether it's through OSFI changing the rule or whether it's the renewal comes up and you know the bank says, sorry, we're not allowing that at this time, or or we're gonna move you into some different product. Like eventually everyone is gonna feel feel this at some point. Hmm. Some have already felt it and some have not already felt it, but it is gonna filter its way through the through the market for sure.
3: And on that rate topic, too, because we were talking earlier about. Um, you know, private lending and, you know, you were saying a lot of, there's a misconception of people with kind of, you know, bruised credit that they're the only ones using private lending. Um, and in the past, it's been such a, a wide spread of rates as well between, you know, your traditional and your private lending, but now there's not as much of a Delta anymore. Um, there's not much of a spread, right? I think most of your yeah. rates are in the, they're in the nines, but yeah, you know, a, a TD and Scotia are in the sixes and, uh, you yeah. know, um, there's not as big a, a spread anymore. So are you seeing, because of that spread narrowing, are you seeing a lot more people that are like, well, it's interest only payments and, or, you know, or a 40 year yeah. amortization They're like, well, yeah. hell for the couple extra percent, yeah. I can just go there and actually shave off on my budget.
0: Yeah. I mean, sometimes in some cases, because we have a 40 year am, like our payments are actually less, you know what I mean? Than mm-hmm. a, a traditional bank lender that's at 20 or 25 year am. So, um, uh, you know, we are seeing that. I would say like there's a lot of things that we're, we're seeing is the biggest common thing I've seen over the past, say, six to 12 months is client bought a new house. Maybe it was a new build, expected they would sell their house, mm-hmm. didn't list it until 60, 90 days before, and the house isn't selling. It's sitting on the market. And now they're panicked and they're like, what do we do? we have two houses. We can't afford two houses. We just, we have to close on this new one or else we're going to get sued. What, what do we do? Right. So we're coming in kind of a lot of those situations oftentimes at the 11th hour to save, to save them from, you know, getting sued and trying to come up with a creative way that they can just kind of hang on until this house sells basically. Right. So um, that's and you know, as Greg will tell you, everything sells at the right price. So, you know, sometimes they have to lower the price or whatever, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, we're doing, we're doing what's called a blanket mortgage. We'll, you know, we'll do a, we'll tag the property that's listed for sale, as well as tag the new purchase. Um, You know, maybe we'll um, cap the interest on the mortgage so that they don't have to make payments on the, on the place that they're listing for sale so it's you know it's it's just a it's a short term solution uh maybe we'll do interest only or you know whatever 40 year whatever it makes to to make the this little blip kind of thing in their life a little easier and that we can kind of help them along in this process until that property sells and and you know they're they're back in they're back in the game on the prime space or whatever it may be I think oh. I think that's a good
1: Explanation as well, Darren, as to why it's so important to work with a broker as well or a mortgage agent, because you know, someone walks into their RBC or TD or wherever and explains that story you just said, they're going to be kind of SOL. I don't, we don't have a solution for you, and they kind of send them out the door, right? There's not really a well. We can look at this. Uh, we could put a blanket on here. We could do that. Like that. That doesn't exist on in that space. So that's why it is very important if anyone's listening and you're in, if you know someone that's kind of in these situations or they have a closing coming up or, you know, there's some something wonky that makes sense but can't get done elsewhere, like certainly give Dave and I a call and we can kind of walk you through the different uh, steps. Uh, I wanted to go back quickly to what you were saying about the renewals. Um, I just hope in those cases, like you were talking about, I think I was listening to another agent um, out west that was talking about numbers. I think there was like over 300 billion per year in the next two years coming up for renewal. And I just hope that those people have been properly educated, especially the ones that are in those variable rates, that their payments haven't changed because, you know, I have talked to people that were new clients to me, but that came and didn't have any understanding of what their variable rate meant like, Oh, our payments haven't gone up. And that's where it ended. Like they didn't like, Oh, it didn't impact us. You know, like they the don't understand. Yeah. Like yeah, they exactly. don't understand that there's yeah. a wave coming that they're going to feel in maybe two years or three years. They just assume, oh, nothing's changed. Our payment hasn't changed, but their amortization is growing. So I just hope that those people that are coming up for renewal properly understand the product they're in uh, and are getting properly advised because... It is going to be a wake-up call, I think, for some people. My,
3: my prediction is they likely have not, and they're the people also at the restaurant sitting beside you Uh continuously out at the restaurant on yeah. a regular basis.
0: So, yeah, that's actually what again, made me think of again, it. Again, ignorance exactly is bliss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, just kind of when you were talking, Paul, it made me think of something too. Like when you're talking about renewals, like private lenders aren't all the same either, right? There's some private lenders out there that, you know, they're not – I, they're in it for the buck, obviously. Not not that I mean we're a business. Everybody wants to make money, but you know, um, it's important if you're putting a client with a private lender that you trust them and you know that private lender. Like, not all private lenders renew their clients. You know, um, if if a private lender is in like a a syndicate type of a mortgage where it's like there's some lenders out there that will find a specific individual that will fund this person's mortgage and that specific individual wants their money back uh-huh. and maybe the client is like stuck and they don't have anything like, you know, you gotta be careful. Um, because private lending is largely unregulated. Um, I would say like, you know, obviously mix are regulated, uh, you know, we are, we're, we get more audits than the banks, I feel. So, um, It's just important that you're doing the right thing for your client. Like if you put your client in a private lender, you need to counsel them to say, okay, look, you're going to be here for a year, potentially two years. This is our plan to get you back, you know, with a bank or with a prime lender. And, you know, we've got to follow this plan because again, we're, we're constantly money in motion, right? Like we want, we want to deploy capital, but we also, we don't want, to be renewing clients year over year over year, because that's not our purpose. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, we're there for the short term and we want to make sure that we will, we will definitely renew your clients. That is not uh, a question at all, but we want to, you know, at some point financially, it doesn't make sense for your client to stay with a private lender for a long term. It just doesn't. They're paying too high of interest. They're paying too much on renewal fees. It does not make sense so you have to have a you have to have a path to get them you know out or back with a you know a prime or, or an alternative lender because um it's you know that's and and a lot of people i've seen this so many times where there's you know some lenders that are maybe they're having some liquidity issues and they're a little bit tighter in terms of what you know they need more money back in and so they're not renewing their clients or they're forcing their clients to get really ridiculously high renewal rates and clients don't have options so they're paying it like to me that is it's criminal like you know like when I uh, just an example i saw a renewal where a client a year and a half ago had four i think it was like four seven nine or four nine nine or something and now they're at 1499. nine nine you know, mm-hmm. less than two years later. So that is you got to be careful with who you're who you're placing your clients in a private with. For sure. I think we should uh, revisit this in uh, about six months.
2: Yeah, I agree. Have DC on again, It'd be a nice little update.
0: I'd love to. Yeah, yeah it's, it's going to be. I think... um, it's going to be an interesting time period, for sure.
3: Yeah, I think I think kind of um we talked about it last week too. I think taking like some of the stuff from like, you know, what we're thinking it's going to be in this fall market, um, and kind of just fast forwarding and, and kind of just earmarking it, seeing, you know, by December what transpires, because really a lot of it, and and Darren, you touched on it earlier, is like if the bank can't hold steady in September, um, you know, again, and every time we've seen it of the the the, the bank Holding steady on rate increases. More confidence has been kind of pushed into the market. Um, yeah. We've seen kind of an uptick in in uh, activity. So it's, it'll be interesting to see if combining, coming back after Labor Day is always a busier time anyways. Kids back in school, parents start, you know, looking at, at new homes because they have that extra time on their hands, if you will. Yeah. Um, and then combining that with that announcement, I think it's September 12th. Um, it'll be interesting to see if, if it does hold steady and that typical activity, like increase in activity and kind of how that transpires, um, and, and through the rest of the, through the rest of the year. But, um, yeah, I think it's, I think it's going to be, uh, a, a more interesting time than, you know, we've seen since, like you said, 2017, 2018, kind of that typical, you know, ebb and flow market. Um, yeah, where we're, kind of, there's, I think, I think everyone's on, no on edge, slogan. like not knowing. Yeah, I think There's we're no all
0: slow like down in the private space, that's for sure. I mean, yeah. It's just it's constantly uh we're seeing different things. Deals are getting a little bit more tighter, hairier, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you know, definitely the applications are still flowing through uh, you know, at mock speed. So we'll uh I think you know, it it's it's really like I think when the rates go up, it makes us busier. Just because less people are qualifying, you know, at prime mm-hmm. lenders, so uh, we'll see what happens. And maybe if a rate drops and and what that does to the private space, and see where you know where things lie. Yeah, but we yeah. pivot, you know, like every like every lender and and agent and broker, we pivot. And you know, I'm I'm sure, uh, you know, for the remainder of 2023 and into 2024, we're going to have another record year. So.
1: Yeah, bring DC on back. Uh, early in 2024, six. It's like six months' time yeah. to see where uh, where we sit in the winter. End
2: of it. end winter of Feb. Months. End of Feb. See where we're love at. Love it. Yeah, yeah man. Great right before the spring
0: market.
3: Yeah. Yes. Well, should we, uh, Paul? Should he slide into some uh, mood boost?
1: Yep. Yeah, so DC, probably, uh, if you haven't watched a full show, uh, you probably don't know about the mood boost, but we end each show with uh, a couple jokes, you know, a little lighter, just to give everyone a little boost on the way out of the uh, listening studio. Uh, So I got three today. Number one, I've been banned from the secret cooking society. I kept spilling the beans we don't yes. Steven, usually there's a nice drum roll here uh <laughs>
2: yeah there's no drum roll today
1: uh number two <clears throat> oh my gosh number two i turned down a job where i would be paid in vegetables the celery was unacceptable <laughs> yeah. didn't like the celery uh number three last but not least i was addicted to hokey pokey but i turned myself around gentlemen oh, yes. oh wow. yes that's my favorite oh. <laughs> yeah. uh thanks for tuning in everyone thanks to dc mr darren campbell from uh, westboro mick who uh graciously blessed us with his presence today and his yep. knowledge his good. experience uh thanks everyone for listening we're back regularly now shows are out tuesdays uh we had the live show last week if you haven't checked it out uh go over to our youtube channel uh, or onto any streaming platform. Check out the live show from last week. Some really good questions. We had one really active listener. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll be back next week. Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you soon. Thanks, guys. See, guys. see you guys. Okay.
0: Thanks for
2: tuning in, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Please remember to
0: like, share, comment, and subscribe because we'd really like that.